Hi everyone. Welcome to the third show of our fourth season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing breweries, but first, beer. On today's show, uh, we have single cuts, weird and gilly. And Dana's wearing her single cut t-shirt. She had no clue that we were going to do this beer. I don't think it's you did. It's my favorite shirt. Uh, favorite shirt and favorite brewery. Right? <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to have this beer. We're also going to talk about some of the earliest breweries on the face of the earth, which is a pretty cool topic. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the show. We are simulcasting right now. We're well, not really simulcasting. We are what does that mean? live on IG, but recording on Anchor. So if you tune in to IG live, you'll see our faces and... How long to, does this stay on? Do you know the I line? have no clue. We're going to find we'll out. We'll find out together. I think it's 60 minutes. We have oh. one viewer. Hello. Thank you for joining <laughs> <Hi>. us. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, hi, Jess. Jess just came on. Oh, hi, Jess. So, uh, Weird and Gilly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the description from Single Cut's website. It's pretty funny. Uh, some cat from Japan suggested we do an IPA that is J-U-I-C-Y. Juicy. <laughs> so we backed up... A, we packed up a pack horse and made it happen. Soft, doughy, and slightly tangy malt lies under bright citrus, round tropical fruit, and mild pine resin hop aromatics that underscore the waves of flavors to come. That's like the perfect description of this beer, Let's I think. Say cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you guys at home. Crack a beer. I love join the us. smell of this beer. It just smells like I'm about to be happy. You pucker on that first... Intake, and then it's that nice citrusy taste on the back end. It's just like a good bourbon. Like when you get that if that burn at first and it goes down smooth. Which we have today. Cheers again. My throat was dry. It's... Okay, let's I get to the I cut mine with a little water, but Dana's a savage. So cut mine with air. This this beer uh, <laughs> is a six point six ABV. Uh, the bitterness units is at eighty eight. And we are going to jump right into our topic for today, which is oldest breweries in the world. And one of the first found breweries is actually in Egypt. That makes sense. Think, believe it or not, yep. right? So I'm going to talk about that first. Um, and where did you get this information? Did you find it? Did somebody tell it to you? What? Uh, Jess. I think Jess sent us oh, the link, didn't she? It was she? Jess. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> Thanks for a topic of the show today. Jess Bagos <laughs> was the inspiration for our topic today. So you can thank her when you see her out on the streets. Uh, not that she's out there in the streets like all the time. Because of COVID, right. she's at home with her adorable son, Parker. So, hi, Parker. Hope you're doing well. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, this is not a mirage. And I'll show you some of the pictures. We'll actually, we'll take screenshots and post it to our IG uh, archaeologists discover a 5,000-year-old brewery that could produce more than 4,000 gallons of beer in ancient in the ancient Egyptian city of Abydos. Uh, Dr. Matthew Adams, one of the leaders of the Egyptian-American mission that made the discovery, said they believe the beer was used in royal burial rituals oh. for Egypt's earliest kings. Uh, the brewery, which had a production capacity of 22,400 liters, which is 5,917 gallons, uh, was split into eight sections, each containing 40 clay pots used to warm mixtures of grain and water. Wow. 
So I guess back then they would use fire to heat everything like we use. Yeah. You know, yeah. with our butane underneath our vats at our I wonder, today. so it says it was used during burial rituals. I wonder if it was like celebrating the person's life or if they like put things in with the person. Because isn't it the Egyptians that believed in like reincarnation and you put things with the person they might need later yeah, when they come in, back? In the afterlife and right. then when they come back. Uh, this brewery is thought to date back to the reign of King Narmer who ruled more than 5,000 years ago, founded the first dynasty and unified upper... First dynasty that unified upper and lower wow. Egypt. That's old. And some of these photos, if you guys can see on the live, you can see those clay holes, basically, where that they would use to heat uh, the water and the grains. That's pretty cool. Um, and there's some other info in here. So British archaeologists first discovered the existence of the brewery at the beginning of the 20th century, but had been unable to precisely determine its location. Uh, the statement was posted on Facebook. <laughs> and then I'm just going to go over a little bit about beer in ancient Egypt, because some of this stuff I did not know, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, beer was actually very popular in ancient Egypt, where people are believed to have began brewing it around the mid-4th century BC. Archaeologists think the beverage was a staple of ancient Egyptians' diet, regardless of their class or social status. Okay. So just like today, everybody can enjoy a cold one, right? Mm -hmm. It was sometimes used for trading or as payment for labor. Nice. So workers at the Giza Plateau would receive uh, three daily rations of beer. That's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I guess. I guess. So. <laughs> uh, among their many gods, ancient Egyptians worshipped Tenenit, the goddess of beer. Her name derives from Tenemu, one of the Egyptian words for beer. And the most common beer in Egypt was Heket. H-E-Q-E-T. It's a honey-flavored beer beverage. Makes sense. Uh, Queen Cleopatra lost her popularity towards the end of her reign, part due uh, because she introduced the first ever tax on beer. That's funny. Uh, and Ooh. it was considered unjust as beer was often prescribed for medicinal purposes. I ain't gonna tax medicine, yo. Oh, man. But uh, interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see about posting. We could post a link to this article in our IG uh, menu. That would be good. And this screen keeps going dark. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. We're new um, to this. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna keep reaching forward like I'm reaching That's out, and touching somebody. Okay. Um, but Dana's got some other stuff. Oh, actually, what else do we have? He's here? not done. Jim has more done. info today. The vice, what? the and Abbey. Yes. In Germany is the oldest and still functioning brewery in the world today. Uh, Benedictine Monastery in Weissestaufen, now part of the district of Friesing in Bavaria, Germany. <laughs> the brewery Weissestaufen, located in the monastery since <laughs> since at least 1040, <laughs> is said to be founded in a church dedicated to St. Stephen here, a dormitory of monks, that originally adjoined. The building disappeared from records. Um, uh, it Just touch the screen when it goes. The monastery itself, dedicated at first St. Vitus, then later to St. Stephen and Michael, was founded by Bishop Hito von Freisen between 811 and 835. From then until 1020 or 1021, it was a monastery of Augustinian canons before becoming a Benedictine abbey. And those are two different types of monks. This is very interesting. Yeah. So uh, the Weissenstaufen Brewery can trace its root. Can you tell in part German? 
can trace its roots Doing at the well. Abbey to 768 as a document from that year refers to a hop garden in the area paying tithe to the monastery. So they use the hops in the form of tithes to brew the beer with. So that's that's awesome. Cool. And the brewery that uh, thus has a credible claim to being the oldest working brewery in the world. So this is pretty awesome. So if you want to look up more, um, you can. Just Google Weihenstaufen. <laughs> Abby. Do you, you want to spell that maybe for people? W-E-I-H-E-N. <laughs> Stephen. Yeah. S-T-E, or Stefan. S-T-E-P-H-A-N. Weihenstaufen. You're having fun with this, aren't you? This is great. I didn't do any of this research. Just kidding. The one article before this, I did research. Dana printed this one out. But it's pretty cool if you want to learn more about, you know, how breweries started in the world. Okay, so I have information about oldest breweries in America. Anheuser-Busch. April 7th, no. 1933. Okay. Celebrations broke out at breweries across the country. It was finally once again legal to open up a cold one. The Cullen-Harrison Act, signed into law by President Roosevelt, went into effect that night, allowing for the sale and consumption of beer... <laughs> Up to 3.2% alcohol by weight. Oh, so this is after Prohibition. Yes, but 3.2, like, what? what's even the point? I don't, okay, whatever. When the clock struck a minute past midnight, trucks emerged from the breweries ready to deliver cases of beer to, thirsty, to a thirsty nation. The famed Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales also made their first appearance that day. Clippity-clop. Clattering down the streets of New York City, beer in tow, and thousands cheering them on. Imagine how cool that moment must have been if you lived in New York, and for the first time, you see these Clydesdales coming down, probably pulling kegs of beer, beer you haven't had for a while. Santa Claus. People are like, yeah! That is just a cool image to me. While Prohibition wouldn't officially be overturned until months later, April 7th has been marked by beer enthusiasts as the day to celebrate. It is now known as National Beer Day. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's also my brother's birthday. How perfect is that? It's awesome. So the oldest American brewery, what would your guess be? It's not Anheuser-Busch. Schlitz. It is Rheingold. Yingling and Son. It's DG oh. Yingling and Son Incorporated. In Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Have you been? I've driven past it. Oh, okay. I waved from <laughs> the highway when I was going to Pittsburgh. It may come as a surprise that Yingling is actually the oldest brewery in America, founded in 1829 by German immigrant David G. Yingling. Weissenstaufen. Oh, it no. was originally called Eagle Brewery. Oh, I didn't know that. To get through Prohibition, the company made ice cream, which can still be purchased. Okay. Who knew that? That's pretty cool. Since 1831, the building on Mahantango Street in the small Pennsylvania town of Pottsville has acted Pottsville. as the company's headquarters and was put on the National Register of Historic Places in 1986. Did I say Pottsville or did I say Pottstown? I think you said Pottstown. I was wrong, guys. It's Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I can't be right about everything right not, now. Not everything. This is your first time. Most things. This is your first time. It's going to be okay. Most things I'm right about. You can still visit the nearly 200-year-old beer-making facility today. 
How cool is that that they pivoted <clears throat> during Prohibition? They're like, all right, we got to stay in business. We got to make something. No, it's awesome. Ice cream. Next, the Coors Brewery. Do you know who just came up? Who? Uh, John. John Brennan, who makes our theme song. Oh, hi. Thank you, John. And I hope this isn't boring for people just listening on the podcast because you can't see this. So we'll try to uh, not leave you out. <laughs> uh, when Adolf Coors immigrated to the United States in 1868, he brought a long tradition of German beer making with him. He established Golden Brewery in 1863. And within 10 years, the establishment was turning a hefty profit. When Prohibition hit Colorado a few years earlier than the rest of the country, don't know why that is, Coors transitioned also to make porcelain, distilled alcohol for pharmacies, and malted milk. Gross. After Adolf Coors passed away tragically, the family had a rather fraught history. But Coors remains one of the largest breweries in the country and provides tours five days a week. I don't know... What this history is, or how he died tragically, but I feel like that should be a future show. Absolutely. Because the way this is just written is like, I did what? Do you know how they got their land? No, I don't. Outside of Golden, Colorado? Tell me. Interesting story. So, there was a nun. It was actually, is it a sect of nuns? I wasn't expecting it to A group of nuns? So, we're talking about. A gaggle? A gaggle of nuns. (laughs) Don't know. So, a gaggle. So this gaggle of nuns, right? They're in New York City. And they wanted to go out west and uh, start a school out there. You know, they have a school in New York City. They want to go out and they want to kind of spread their religion. and uh, Yeah, the flying (laughs) nuns, right? So they end up outside of Golden, Colorado. And the main nun, the headmaster nun. Mother uh, Superior. Yes, she's out there and she's talking to... um, you know, the property owners out there and she's walking around a property and she sees, you know, this fresh spring running down from the mountains, the whole nine. And she just got this like feeling and she was like, this is, this is the land that we're going to build our, our school on. So years later, the people from Coors do an assessment of the land and they find that the water is like perfect to brew beer with. I don't think I like and they going. offer her and the nunnery so much money. Oh, they gave them a lot of money. Gave okay. them a lot of money, okay. and she went on to start multiple schools, all girls' schools. So it's a and, good ending. Yeah. So it's, I thought you were gonna say they screwed <clears throat> her out of the land. No, no. Or, and one of the guys, one of the guys I met through business networking, who was uh, he's on the board at St. John's University, um, has multiple ties to the Catholic Church throughout the five boroughs. Told me that story, and I thought it was pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, I have no you, names or anything or details. Yeah, I, I don't say, remember. Knew the name yeah. of the schools. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, also. But I thought it was cool. That would be tied into another show. Pax Blue Ribbon Beer. So Oof. that's the third oldest. Oof. Not a fan of PBRs? Mm. I, I haven't had PBR in years. My digestive system is not it a It would probably make me shit myself at this moment in time. Um, but... Like, back in the day, when you go to, like, a dive bar and you just want, like, a cheap beer and a beer and a shot in, like, Manhattan, if it was PBR and, like, a well whiskey, would probably be, like, $5 when I first moved here 20-something years ago. And if you want to totally eradicate your bowels, that's the way to do it. $5. It make... Oh, I'm reading the wrong thing. Hold on. Okay. Paps Blue Ribbon. Paps actually went under several different names. 
including Empire Brewery and Phillips Best, before selling on today's familiar moniker. The Blue Ribbon nickname came in the 1880s after the company tied a blue, rib, blue silk ribbon around huh. the neck of its beer to commemorate receiving a gold medal for a taste at America's centennial celebration in 1876. Imagine having that job of having to tie, tie the blue. They were probably pre-tied and they just put them over the bottleneck. In 1876, right? I don't think so. I think that some women were sitting there tying these tiny little blue ribbons. That's right. They didn't have like mass uh, production turn belts. No, they had Could Henrietta belts, and say. Margaret. Henrietta. It was a pretty name back then. Ethel. Her too. Gertrude. She was, she was there. Um, while the factory headquarters has moved to Los Angeles, the old headquarters and mansion can still be toured in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's a mansion. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's a cool history. So I partially take back what I said about your beer, but still. Because of Gertrude and... Um, no, the whole uh, blue ribbon thing, and they, they won an award at the Centennial, and, you know, but just still, for I me... I wonder how many work. beers were were entered. <laughs> Managed like two beers. It's 1876. The next brand never heard of this. They beat Coors Light. Was did Coors Light exist <laughs> no, in 1876? Coors Original Bankrupt Beer. I don't know. Minhas Craft Brewery. Whomst? Wave hi to Black Zack. Despite 15 different owners, way too many people. Minhas Craft Brewery has been operating out of the same facilities in southern Wisconsin. For the last 160 years, they came, claim to be the Midwest's oldest brewery and the second oldest in the country. However, many Americans may be less familiar with Minhas than other brands because the company tends to produce beer for larger distributors, including Trader Joe's, Simpler Times brand, and Costco's Kirkland Signature line. I've always wondered what beers those were. Like all the generic There's a things. Kirkland beer? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's sold by So that's Cal. this brewery. Yes. And Trader Joe's, like, whatever their brand is. So they don't have a name brand beer. No, that and that's produce. why I guess we've never heard of Minhas. Okay. Their brewery tour museum boasts beer, memorabilia, prints, and lithographs. Sharif should do recipes for them. <laughs> Minhas. Last but not least, Anheuser-Busch. And we, you thought that would be the oldest. One of, one of Dana's favorite reality shows. Oh my god. The Bush Family, or whatever it's called. That's a funny show. There's a lot going on there. It's only 30 minutes long. They got Clydesdales? Uh, the dad of the family, the, the head dude now, thank god he was born into money. He ain't smart, y'all. He's very sweet, he's a loving father and husband, but bruh, is not intelligent. And you can just see, oh, this is money. People being born into money. So we will never have a member of that family on the show, apparently, now. We could. <laughs> Not now. Anheuser Bush is the largest brewer in the world and has about half the beer market share in the United States alone. That's a lot. And none of our respect. And <laughs> apparently. They weren't always number one. Adolphus Bush's leadership in early adoption of technical advances. Uh, they were the first American brewery to pasteurize their produce and use refrigerated rail railroad cars. That's huge. That is huge. Helped them become an American icon. At least until a Belgian company bought them in 2008. Ooh, the shade. Today they have factories across the country and interest, interested drinkers can tour all of them. That was InBev's 
acquisition of them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Chris E.K. America's Beers. Um, so then I have, let's see, I have a list of the most successful beers. I only, we're going to do like three of those. Figure that would be enough. That's fine. Um, we we're already looking at the answer. So guess what number one is? <laughs> I wasn't read. I read this Yingling and Son. I didn't read anything else. Well, most guess most what successful one? Budweiser. Yingling and Sons. This is also from 2014. I read, I read it. At the he, top. he looks right at this. I didn't know it was it's ranked at that time. I thought the bulk of it was down here. Here, what's well, highlighted, baby? Whatever. Okay, man, come on. Most successful, independently owned and shipped fewer than six million barrels a year. So that oh this is craft so it still meets the definition of a craft beer. People brewery. drink Yingling like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is impressive because it's distri- distributed only on the East Coast and in the South. I didn't realize that. I think the last Yingling I had was high school. I we had Yingling on draft when I worked at Coyote Ugly twenty one years ago. She worked at Coyote Ugly, y'all. I got a Coyote Ugly girl. Yep, okay. I know y'all jealous. She was in Maxim, whatever. We will not post those pictures. <laughs> uh, number two, Boston Beer Company, ranked number two most successful. Like Sam Adams? Founded in 1984. Ah, I was two years old. Oh, Jesus. It is Sam Adams. Uh, so one of their beers they have is a 28% barrel age, strong beer called Utopias. Have you ever had that? No. It also owns um, Dogfish Head. I knew that. I did not know that. There was an acquisition that occurred, I want to say, 2016, 2017, maybe? So, Dogfish Head is also listed on this list. How is that fair? If you are considered to be part of them and counting for their numbers, you should be on this list at all. All right, he's, he's one of the main um, trailblazers. Like, a lot of craft breweries will be like, Dogfish why Head? is Jim, uh, is oh. it Jim Coke or Koch? Jim Koch. Like, why is he still considered uh, a craft brewery? Um, He he speaks a lot for craft brewers throughout the United States. So, you know, he's always at the Craft Brewers Guild meetings. And so, I mean, shout out to him, but like volume wise, they do a ton of volume. So, rounding out number three, top three most successful craft breweries, Sierra Nevada. That used to be one of my favorite breweries, like, back in the day, when I worked for Union Beer. Yeah. Like, piney IPA. Yes. Like, strong. Yes. That's before Juicy was even a thing. Like, yeah. all the IPAs It was we all knew. West Coast. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you like the Torpedo one that they have? That's really strong, right? I feel like I haven't had yeah. it in years. But yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever had a Sierra Nevada I did not like. Shady. What's up, buddy? Uh, founded in 1980. Did you know that? I did not know that. It doesn't list their numbers. In Chico, California. Yes. So then I was flipping through. I didn't want to read all of them, but I was looking to see what would be of interest. So this was number eight. And it's Can Archie. Can, all caps, and Archie. And I was like, never heard of that before. It's a collective. Founded in 2015. So these are the breweries in this collective. Ah. Right. Oscar Blues Brewery. Yep. Cigar City. In Tampa. Squatters Craft Beers. Don't know where they're located. Wasatch Brewery. Deep Ellen Brewing Company. Perrin Brewing Company. And Three Weavers. So all those together make Canarchy. Thought that was interesting. Do they come out with 
one beer a year I together? I don't think so. I think they're just like under an umbrella and it counts as canarchy, which that shouldn't really count in numbers to me. I don't know. Under, no. under an umbrella? Tell them why you said that. Because that's how you pronounce it. I don't. Umbrella? Whatever. Umbrella. Anyway, the last one of interest to me would be number 24, Abita Brewing Company in Covington, Louisiana. Founded in 1986. They make one of my favorite spring beers, Abita Strawberry. It's a lager, super light, made with fresh Louisiana strawberries. Do you like to have that with crawfish? Yes. Yes. Also, because my birthday's in April, it's the time. Is it? It's the time of year where it's warm in Louisiana, but not sticky yet. Crawfish season is in full swing. The strawberries are fresh. It's just a great time to be in Louisiana. So, all my favorite things together. Zach said, pretty sure he lobbied to change the definition of microbrewery. Oh, so it would include him? Jim, uh, from, yeah, from, I could uh, see that. Sam Adams. That makes sense. I can't think of his last name, and that's a shame yeah. because. Beer Noggin joined. What up? Uh, we, uh, we don't know. Is it Dan? Is it Brendan? We don't know. Hi, it, guys. It's okay. We'll go on with the show. Okay, so I thought this was interesting. Last topic that we can freestyle, talk about whatever you want. Historical beers that have died sad, horrible deaths, shuffling this mortal coil only to live in our fondest or harshest memories. Jeez. Some of these brews have left lasting impressions on our lives, ranging anywhere from awesome parties we vaguely recall to evening with partners we thankfully only hazily think about. I ain't never heard of any of these. At the bottom it says, enjoy their eulogies. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, that's the, why did you have that highlighted? That's a great line. Because I read through it, I'm like, it's not as funny as that sounds, but okay. Uh, you should take another little sip of your bourbon. Skull. Are you a Viking now? Weidman. 1983. As it goes with many classic brews, the original incarnation of this brew lasted from 1870 to 1983. Only to get snatched up and revamped to eventually be called Pittsburgh Brewing Company, where it resides today. What? Never heard of that. Though it's similar to the beer. Uh, I've been to Isn't that precisely too. the same as the original? <clears throat> recipe, but uh, recipe may have been lost. Schlitz had the same issue until last year, and the formula was discovered by a brewer who really knew the ropes. How do you find an old recipe? That grandma. That makes grandma. You know the old saying, right, about Schlitz? Uh, is it dirty? Schlitz gives you the giggles. Schlitz and giggles, maybe. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. There's nobody, nobody's laughing in the thing. Is it okay? Master Brow. Ever heard of them? Dad jokes. Is it, is it Meister? Meister. That's Meister. Right? Meister Brow. Meister. I'm sorry. I'm not German. My bad. Meister. Meister Brow, 1972. This one is special because it's technically a zombie beer, more than it's totally deceased. Back in the late 60s, the new plan was to produce a beer that was less heavy than normal. Thus catering to the new, hipper youth who didn't want to get bogged down while they sloshed a few back. Miller Brewing tried to start the craze competing right away with the Meister Bra, light from Chicago. Huh. 
Well, that didn't last as long. In the 1970s, Miller bought the rights to the recipe to Meisterbrow, turning into light beer from Miller. And finally, Miller Lite, as we see it today. Miller Lite? We were talking about Miller the other day. You were saying you had one. And what was your... You hadn't had it in a while. And what I was your... I used to drink it like in college, after college. When we first started dating, we would watch football, <clears throat> Sunday fun day. And we'd drink Miller Lights. All day. And then? Get headache, hangover, whatever. But now, drinking Pilsners that are made by like craft breweries. With quality ingredients. Oh, with quality ingredients from New York State or the Hudson Valley. It's just delicious. Tasting from the local land, right? It really... Spoils you. I'm sure yeah. anybody who cheers to Hudson and Valley think, Brewery right now. Hudson Valley. Thank you for joining us. We love your beers. We love you guys. I'm sure it Thank goes you. the other way as well. When you first get into beer, and let's say you're in college and you're Hudson drinking River Brewing, and sorry, and you're drinking Miller Lights all day at for Sunday Fun Day, and somebody introduces you to a craft beer, you're probably like, "What the hell is this?" Right? Imagine your first craft beer. You probably thought. Whoa! This is a lot. It's super heavy because yes. you're used to drinking something so light. Yes. And your probably thing is this is not crushable, but you you learn that oh my god, this is delicious. I taste all these different flavors. This is amazing. I get these different notes, these different aromas, these different mouthfeels, and then you go on to appreciate it, and then you have, you know, the Miller Light, domestic, Bud Light, Bud Light, Coors Light, whatever. And so light. Um, you drink it and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> real quick, my apologies to Hudson River Brewing. My eyesight sucks and I can't see Dana's phone that far away. And the light so. keeps going down and he's getting old. We want to come and visit you guys. I um, thought this was of interest and very interesting. Hi, Steve. The name of the beer is Generic Beer. That's the name of the beer. And it was in a black and white can. 1987. I was five. Why? Just because. Why? Because it was 87. I was five. I was born in 82. The famous beer in the stark white can with the bold black B-E-E-R. Legit. Just said beer. White can. Black writing. Beer. So it's kind of like Duff beer. But That's probably. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Emblazoned ever so lovingly on the front. Everyone, mm. well, beer lovers anyway, has seen this classic can at least once. Have we in real life? Brewed, once distributed by the conglomerate Miller Brewing Company. They had, the, they had the contract for it. General Generic Beer. That's its full name. General Electric Beer. General Generic Beer. So legit, when you walk in the bar and say, give me a beer, that, that's it. That's the beer. Was it cheap? <laughs> Some claim repugnant Pilsner-style beer that reminded far too many of cat piss. Oh. Yummy. Why don't want to drink cat piss? That that's a legit description in beer. Can I get Ask that white can heads. that says beer and it tastes like cat Ask piss? Ask all the craft beer heads. That is a legit description. Cat piss. Tell them, y'all. Tell them. All right, last beer. And this is one I actually had heard of. You weren't alive, so maybe you've never heard of it. 1981. I was a twinkle in my parents' eye. Billy beer for all of us older people that know things. In 1977, Jimmy Carter was in the White House. To celebrate his brother's achievements, Jimmy, Jimmy's brother, Billy. You met Jimmy Carter prenatal. I did. Okay, I'll post that picture. So my mom 
was pregnant with this. And she met Jimmy Carter at the White House. There's a picture of her shaking his hand. So I'm there. Right? Yeah. There's you also, met Jimmy Carter. And I also met Muhammad Ali. Same way. You may have met the Allman Brothers, too, because they were at the White House Oh, all the time. right, right, right. Okay, back to this. That's uh, pretty dope. Billy decided to promote the beer made with Falls City Brewing Company. Never heard of Falls City Brewing Company. According to Wikipedia, the beer was also produced by Cold Spring Brewing. In Cold West, Spring, New York? West End Brewing and Pearl Brewing Company. The beer debuted in Louisville at Czech's Cafe, a Germantown neighborhood bar. The bar is still there. The beer is not. The beer saw dismal sales figures while in production, but millions of cans were produced. So, I remember that. That happened. Yeah. Your cousin's thread has gotten blown up right now. Hi, cousins. <laughs> um, so... I know we've discussed this before, but since we're having a conversation about breweries, what is your, no pressure, favorite brewery? Or a few favorite breweries. Oh, my God. Or, okay, how about this? We won't do that. When this is over, we can go back to breweries and get back out and visit like we want. Which breweries are you looking forward to exploring that we have not been to yet? Okay, so we did our trip to Burlington in early January, right after the new year. Yes. And we went to a few different breweries that we covered in a past episode. I'd like to go back up to Stowe and go to... Um, well, Von Trapp uh, we can go visit and we can stay there. Von Trapp. Um, there's another brewery that's right by there and I'm going to like totally blank. That one? Zach or somebody can write it in. Stowe. Who am I thinking of? So back to Vermont. You want to go back to Vermont and explore... Alchemist. Thank you, Brain. Thank you, beautiful brain. The Alchemist. Well, I mean, in fa- well, yeah, we can go to that brewery, of course, but they had it all over Burlington. It, it's crazy because here, you guys know, you're beer people, a bar will put on Instagram or Facebook, hey guys, she's got a case or two of Alchemist. And people will show up and you're only allowed to get maybe two at a time and you have to drink them on premise. Like, you can't take them. So... Going to Vermont and going to bars and be able to just roll up and get a few cans was pretty cool. Yes, correct. Um, Suarez Family Brewing. One of your favorites. Yeah, and I've never been there, and it's right up the Taconic State Parkway. It's like an hour and 20 minutes from our house, and I've never been to, I've never been there. Okay, so maybe that should be number one, and then we do Vermont. We could do that. I also want to make Portland, a, Maine. Yes, we've been saying that as well. We want to For over two years. Can we go? I want to go. Can we I go? I mean, it's not our fault anymore. It's... Damn. If people would do what they're supposed to do... It's the damn COVID. And also, we have vaccines now, so hopefully that helps Getting us my all shot. and we can... Getting my shot. March 11th. Right in the arm. She's going to book her soon. Yeah. Because um, who wants to get COVIDs? Is it plural? So I'm talking like the situation... <laughs> Does that mean multiple times? Lots of covers. I also want to go. I would like to make a list of all the New York State breweries, even if we've never heard of them, know nothing about them, and just like map it out, and we can like stay on the way. Oh, you know what I mean? Like pick an area and visit all those. So we got to post. And if they're not even good, it's fine. Some breweries aren't good. We've been to many breweries that we didn't like, and still appreciate them and respect them, and 
It's hard. Making beer is hard. It's not easy. So Dana bartended at the Nog last night, and I, I may did. have had a couple of cocktails at home, and I ordered a three-panel map for our home, and it comes with pins, and you can put the pins into where you've traveled to. I'm going to get a different colored pin for breweries that we visit. That's awesome. Just thought about that. <laughs> Told you, it's a beautiful brain out there. Always <laughs> churning and burning. So, knowing our plan, uh, people on live and people listening, please send us a message and let us know what your favorite local breweries are. Or if you're out of state, let us know your favorite breweries. Say, hey, I think you should visit this place. Yeah. If you know cool places to stay, restaurants in the area, let us know that too so we can make a plan of it. Yeah, like we, we went on a trip to Chicago. We always visit a brewery wherever we go. So we're going to go do some domestic trips, right? Yeah. Ultimately, another one of our goals is to go to Oktoberfest in Germany. We've been saying that for 15 years. <laughs> but here's so we have some couples that we know that we hang out with at the Noggin. That this is the plan, guys. Like once all this stuff is lifted and we get herd immunity and everything like that, we are going to Germany and I will be the tour guide because I'm part German. Have you ever been to Germany? Most Germans speak English, so we're good. I don't need to know German. How are you going to be a tour guide and lead us around if you've never been? I'm really been... good with directions based on where the sun is during the day. So at night, what are we going to do? Follow the North Star. I got this. He's serious. I know you think he's joking, yeah. but he's dead-ass serious. We've been no meat, only fish for you five years. and yeah, I'm what are we going to eat in years? Germany? It's all bratwurst. What it's the only get? meal. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We, we can't no... go. We can't go. We can't go. Like, can I have salad? And they're going to be like, we don't have that. Dude, legit, every movie. They'll just hand us cabbage. Every beer fest, every movie. Yeah, it's like fries and meat. Shit. What do we do? We have to pack food. I don't think that's legal. Why not? Okay. We have to go to Switzerland and then we'll right, this bring, is, this get is... donkeys and we'll no, bring okay. food in to Germany. So anything else about today's show? <laughs> let's wrap it up. <laughs> no, we have time. So let's spend some time. Uh, does anybody have any questions for Dana and I on uh, Instagram Live with all two viewers we have? Should we say goodbye to our podcast listeners? Because I don't want them lingering around and being bored. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye, podcast people. Okay, no. So if you're thirsty for more, where can they find us, boo? You guys can listen to us on the amazing app that we record our podcast on. It's Anchor. You can go to the website, check them out. It's anchor.fm. If you ever wanted to, if you have like a zany idea for a podcast. Zany? I, why did I just say zany? <laughs> anyway, you can listen to us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Bean, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, OneCast, Radio Public, AnyCast, all these casts. And please, Those please last three weren't actual podcasts. Give us a rating of five stars if you think we are, you know, due for that. We'd be honored. Yeah. It helps us get more sponsorship, which helps us get a little money, which helps us buy beer. Yes. So please do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. To them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>